1: offensive letdowns offensive explosions pesky concussions and much much more get involved and get it off your chest let's go Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone presented by Sport Tank. Oli Chris Tebbutt, Dan Yates here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Boys, how are we today? Are you well? Very well, mate. Very well, thank you. Got my breakdown out well, earlier, to- so very
2: happy. Good Once stuff. again, living dreams. dream. Subtle, subtle dig there from Dan, as uh, I normally put it out late while he gives it to me on... Uh, Wednesday but I'm normally out now but I'm not out this week so good there you go and things just work not, out that way
1: not only are you not out you are podcasting live on a Wednesday why on a Wednesday how weird see all of our loyal listeners will know that we're a Thursday kind of group but this week is a bit different we've got Thanksgiving games and uh We've got, yeah, we've got Thanksgiving games and we thought we'd put our podcast out on a Wednesday to free up all of you listeners and watchers so that you could watch the Thanksgiving games and also so that we could do it as well. Um, boys, what are you uh, what are you looking forward to in the uh, in the Thanksgiving games this, uh, this week? Dan, I'll start with you, mate. Have you got your eyes on anything?
0: I am very much looking forward to Bills and Lions. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored. Lions are coming off a three-game win streak. Bills have just snapped two-game losing streak. I think it's going to be the best game of the day, and it's at a time that we can watch it. Save the Pat's Vikings rubbish
1: till when we're all. Asleep. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing better than football on at a sociable time for us English people. Tebs, what about yourself?
2: I've spent far too long this week watching this other football, watching some Americans try and play football, not the same as American football. So I think it's good that I agree with Dan that sociable time that. Half five, I believe, kickoff, delicious, scrumptious, yummy, can have it all. That's what I'm thankful for.
1: Yeah, that's, well, it's, it's definitely something that's worthy of being thankful for. I completely agree as well. Um, Lions-Bills is actually a bit of a treat because the Lions are always awful on um, Thanksgiving. And now we have actually a team coming in on a three-game win streak uh, against the Bills who have been iffy lately. Um it's going to be good. It's going to be really good to see how Josh Allen gets on because, obviously, he's had a couple of iffy performances. Uh, right, this is the vent zone. We're not here to uh, preview games. We're here to vent about things that have pissed us off. So, Tebs, as you do so very well each week, could you let the listeners know, remind them what the vent zone is?
2: Not a problem at all. So, the NFL vent zone is your space to get it off your chest in regards to your NFL team, another NFL team, just the American football in general. You've seen this week... There's been other sports on. Obviously, the World Cup's on. Someone's talking to you. Oh, Harry Kane, Declan Rice. You turn around and say, Declan Rice, is that Ray Rice's son? And they they no longer like you. They no longer like you. And that's what we're here to prevent. We're here to prevent your social circle breaking down because you don't know what's going on in the World Cup. You only know about the NFL. So this is your place to vent about those things and retain a social circle and actually have some friends.
1: Yeah, this is the hand egg podcast, isn't it, Tebs? <laughs> I'm yes, <the> thing <laughs> I'm just being the thing that winds, winds you up and makes you want to vent. Uh, right then, uh, this is the Vent Zone. We need your vents on the show, and to get your vents onto the show, we need you to send them to nflventzone at gmail.com. Uh, email us your vents. Uh, either a voice note if possible, or just email us if you don't like the sound of your voice, or you can DM us on social media or DM us personally if you know us. But yeah, we want to get your events on the show to help alleviate whatever is winding you up this week with your team. Now, Dan, you're kicking us off this week. What has been, what do you want to get off your chest?
0: One thing that winds me up more than anything else is player safety. Like as a coach, when you go into your first ever like coaching badge, first thing the only thing they talk to you about is player safety and in the nfl the multi-billion dollar organization we can't get concussion protocol right and it's clearly obvious that we can't because so far this year we've had two as absolute disgrace two weeks in a row and now we've had matthew stafford come back out of concussion protocol on a friday having missed the game being out with a concussion get put out of the game on sunday to go and have a concussion evaluation. And then the team afterwards say, he's not in concussion protocol, but we didn't put him back in the game. And he's going to have to go for some tests. Two days later, they put him back in concussion protocol. Like, how does it take two days to tell whether someone's got a concussion or not? And if he didn't have a concussion, put him back in the game. If he didn't have a concussion, he should be practicing. If he's not practicing, he's got a concussion. But don't tell us he isn't and put him in the protocol. I don't understand why teams are not looking after their players. It winds me up something like it's it's insane. We are playing with people's brains for goodness sake. Like in twenty years, they won't remember their kids. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, I mean the like the. The closest comparison that I could think of that I saw in the news, not even that long ago, if you look at a similar sport in terms of impact, is uh, rugby. And you had some of the England team, or like one of the people, players who won the World Cup with England, was saying that he would trade it all. He would trade it all away just to just to not have the uh, like the effects of all of the impact that he took. I think he struggles to even remember a lot of that experience. And uh, I mean, you also look at Aaron Hernandez. Uh, like the the tragic case with him, where he ended up murdering someone, and they uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they there was it was proven that he had CTE, which is basically the impact is just like basically wearing away at the brain and literally making it smaller, and stuff like that can just lead to like there's two kind of extremes, like you've got people forgetting stuff, and then you've got somebody who does something like murder someone, and it's like shit, <laughs> like this is serious stuff that we're messing around with. Um Tevs, any uh, any thoughts
2: from you, mate? Obviously in terms of the Tua thing, I felt like there was a fair bit of blame that went um you know on the on the Dolphin staff, but then it's 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 a mix of things. If obviously the neurological specialist after the um Bengals game was given the boot. He was given the sack. Um and then you've got to protect the players from themselves, you know, like Tua actively said, you know, he he like he wanted to come back into the game. It has to eliminate concussion protocol has to eliminate um that for the players. It's no longer their decision. If there's an inkling that there's a concussion, then someone has to be taken out. It's not a particularly difficult science, but for some reason the NFL are making it one.
1: Well the issue the, the issue seems to be that people can clear I'm doing the like inverted commas whatever. Yeah. They seem to clear the concussion protocol, but then get concussed in the very next game that's happened quite a lot this season so it's a really difficult thing to to figure out because if they've cleared the concussion protocol then surely they're okay so there's there's clearly issues with the protocol and is it is it that they're going to have to implement this thing where if you get a concussion regardless of anything you're just done for 10 days you got to sit down for 10 days or like i it, is, are they just going to have to go to something really brutal like that? Because whatever they're doing to do these tests doesn't seem to be working. Like that's that's well, how the it seems with that, to be going.
0: The problem with that is that Matthew Stafford was out for two weeks, almost like he was out for twelve days. I think it was. Came out of the concussion protocol two days before the game on Sunday. Took one hit, which I've seen it a lot. It's not really a very big hit to the head, and immediately was gone out for a concussion evaluation which apparently came back neither positive nor negative but in a way that when we can't tell yet so we're not going to put him in the concussion protocol like if there's any doubt whether someone does or doesn't have a concussion they should be in the protocol immediately i don't understand this oh he might be okay so we're just going to put him back out there like no this is someone's brain that we're talking yeah. about here that is literally what a concussion is it's a brain injury
1: And they have. There's such a bad record. Even even if you like set concussions aside for a minute, if you just look at the fact that there are still so many artificial turf pitches across the league, which again, like, there's literally numbers that prove that you're more likely to sustain an injury on an artificial turf pitch. The numbers are out there. Players campaign for real pitches across the league, and for some reason, it doesn't happen. Like it, it does see. They do kind of get it wrong a bit too often with uh, with players' health, and then you can forgive players when they when they refuse to play when they don't get the contract they want. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's a really good uh, it's a really good point, and it's definitely like a really good thing to have like a conversation about because it's a massive issue. Um, but we do only have a few minutes for each topic, so we're going to move on. A whole podcast about concussions would be maybe a little bit miserable. So we're going to hand over to Tebs. Who's going to make us feel miserable about the Steelers. The Steelers.
2: So one thing we've sort of been treated to this year in terms of the NFL is it's been, a, it's been a wild old season. Because you've got some really good teams doing really good stuff. But then more so than ever, you've got some teams that are sucking, sucking hard. And they've been sucking all season long. Now, obviously on this show, we talk about the Broncos a lot. High expectations, suckage. Seahawks, well, not even the Seahawks, we thought they'd suck. They don't. The Texans, we always knew they were going to suck. Falcons, suckage. Raiders, high expectations, they suck. Now, over in Pittsburgh, they are quietly putting on a horrifically bad season. And just quietly, because everyone knew that the Steelers wouldn't be the same after Big Ben left leaving a hole. Obviously, it's been a sort of QB carousel um, in Pittsburgh with Trubisky and um, George. Huh? Oh, Mitch. Christ, don't. <laughs> I forget that he's still about. <laughs> but Kenny Pickett, sorry. I was thinking of George Pickens. Obviously, they have got good plays. Obviously, how can a team with TJ Watt be doing this poorly? But they are. They're three and seven. And the, the big takeaway here is Mike Tomlin's big brag if he would come on this show his bearing the players he's never had a losing season this season looks like it's going to be a losing season they're three and seven they're sucking they're not good they're not enjoyable to watch um obviously the game against the dolphins should they have had a few more picks yes 100 percent but that's just another reason they just can't do football i know they're in a rebuild year but the problem is they're just not They're not sucking enough for it to be entertaining. They're just quietly in the corner, sucking. And that's my problem. Suck hard.
1: The message from the Vent Zone podcast is suck hard. (laughs) Uh, Dan, any thoughts, mate?
0: Yeah, I mean, their offense is just a disaster this year. They're sixth worst in the league in total yards. They're fifth worst in the league in total scoring. And this is just not what we're used to from... A Steelers team. I mean, even when they had Big Ben and he was terrible, they still were solid middle of the road, and their defense was good enough for them to win some games. Right now, unless TJ Watt is out there, and don't forget he's been injured for a lot of this season, they can't get pressure on a quarterback, their corners are not playing very well, and if they can't score more than 17 points a game, that's not a recipe to win games in the NFL. But yeah. to terms the point, they're not. They're not, you know, one and nine at this point. So they're not even getting the rewards for a bad season. They're gonna go solid, in the middle of the road, just worse than middle of the road, and be bad enough that we all think they're terrible, but good enough to not get a high draft pick. And that is where you do not want to be in the NFL.
1: And I think that I think that it's gonna get worse. It well, it's gonna get worse slash better depending on the way you look at it, because I've just checked out their schedule for the rest of the year um so they play the Colts this week then they got the Falcons then they got Baltimore but then they've got Carolina and then they've got the Raiders and then they finish with Cleveland so there's 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 a high chance that they pick up another three or four wins and then you're right then they're then they're sat with six or seven wins and that is very much like no man's land in terms well you're probably just over the um like between 10 and 15 probably around that mark um but yeah I mean they've been They've been impossible to watch. Obviously, like as you said, Dan, TJ Watt has been out and he makes a massive difference for them. We locked them up, didn't we? Uh, we had them as our, our lock of the week, either me or Tebbs or me or, you, or Dan. And um, the reason that I locked them up is because I thought they just simply, there was no way that they were going to be able to score anywhere near enough points to to hang with um, the, uh, the Steelers. But they did actually, uh, to hang with the um, Bengals. But they did actually score 30 and Najee Harris has been looking better. They do now have, TJ Watt back, Claypool has been traded away, clearing some rooms for Pickens to to do some stuff. I don't know, like they've been they've been tough to watch, but I just have a feeling, I just have a feeling that they um they might they might be turning like just a very very small corner. It does that either of you. Do either of you see the same things that I see? I guess we'll go back to Tev's, given that this is your one. But have I convinced you even slightly that the the future might actually be brighter for them
2: this this year? Well, this is the problem, is that if I was the Steelers, I wouldn't want the future to be brighter. You know, like, there's key pieces missing. Obviously, they've now got um, Kenny, who they think is going to be their franchise (laughs) quarterback. He was the only QB picked in the first round last year. Um, But they're missing pieces obviously Smith Smith Schuster's gone but there's something missing that Mike Tomlin who's normally one of the best coaches in the league is not being able to find a winning formula with and as Dan said they're not getting the they're not going to get the rewards from sucking (laughs) you know
1: no, too right, too right. Um, but yeah, good Stealer chat. I don't think we've spoken much about the Steelers this year. He's so been, that's uh, the problem. It's
2: because they've been quiet. It's because they've been yeah. quietly sucking.
1: That's a good point. There's a, there's, we've we we've, we've, we've figured it out live on air. Good for us. Right, let's move on to someone who's been sucking in a slightly more public manner. Uh, again, that sounds dodgy, but uh, Dan, you've uh, received a vent about Alan Robinson.
0: Yes, I have. So. Uh in case you couldn't tell from the swag, uh I'm a coach for the London Blitz B team. And uh on Sunday we had a message come through our team chat uh that said Alan Robinson has to be the biggest flop acquisition of the season. We had a slight argument about whether it was Russell Wilson or Alan Robinson. So he then went and put Alan Robinson's stats up from the year. And right now, that's the man that is averaging three receptions a game 34 yards a game and one touchdown every four games that is a bad season by anyone that is a terrible season by someone that is costing 15 million dollars this year and next year is due to make 18 million dollars which is eight percent of their cap he's the sixth highest paid player on the team and he's averaging three catches a game Like, the sixth highest paid player, three catches for 30 yards every game. And it was quite amusing because he immediately scored after this went on in our chat. And so this is what then came up. Like, even after he scored, everyone was jumping on him because Neil Reynolds, famous Neil Reynolds, was saying, it's a rare sighting, he's actually turned up. (laughs) And lo and behold, for the rest of the game, he caught one ball for three yards. Like... He's been a great receiver. He is terrible right now, and in th- the problem for the Rams is they're stuck with him because if they want to cut him ahead of next year, he's <laughs> going to cost them twenty-eight million dollars on their cap, according to Over the Cap, which they cannot afford because that's like fifteen percent of their cap next year. This is a horrible, horrible trade. Yeah, well, but I still think, and it's up for debate, but I still think it. He's he's been marginally less awful than Russell Wilson.
2: Ted, what do you think? <laughs> I remember seeing that trade come through and everyone was obviously scared because, you know, all oh, the Rams are going to do it again. Obviously, OBJ's um, floating around probably to Dallas now that he was going to be the guy. Um, I think it's. I think it sort of speaks to the Rams as an organisation more than... Like, Alan Robinson is good. He's He's really good. But there's just a lot going on in L.A., specifically for the Rams that isn't good they're not doing well by a lot of metrics it's gonna be interesting to see their game against the Chiefs everyone's hyping up to be this big clash because it was a few years ago the highest scoring regular season game in history but it's not gonna be that the Rams are not good I feel like it is gonna sound so silly if the Rams were good he'd be good but they're not and he's not I know that's a very basic sort of takeaway from it but I feel like the the issue's not just with him, but with the Rams as a entire unit.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Matthew Stafford famously only has eyes for Cooper Cup, so that does always put Alan Robinson on the back foot. However, he, he has been underwhelming, there's no doubt about it. No matter how bad everyone else has been, Alan Robinson has not helped the situation. So, just like you, Dan, I went and looked at his... Um, at his uh, salary and he gets paid, yeah, like you said, 15 million a year. So initially I was like, you know, wow, that, that sounds like quite a lot. And I went for a bit of an up and down because I changed my mind a bit because initially I thought, okay, that's quite a lot of money. And then I thought, well, actually, when you look at how much wide receivers are getting paid, the the, the wide receivers that are closest to him in terms of salary are Adam Thielen, Hunter Renfro, Cortland Sutton and Robert Woods. Now, none of them are really none of them are number one wide receivers. Cortland Sutton should be, but for whatever reason, it it just seems to underwhelm. But they're quite secondary receivers, you know, Hunter Renfro, um, Adam Thielen and Robert Woods. So then I was thinking, well, maybe actually it's not such a problem that he's not performing so well, because when he's actually getting paid more of a secondary receiver role. But then, just like you did, Dan, I noticed that he averages 33 yards a game, and I realised that that is just abysmal. So After so, my full circle led me trying to help, you know, trying to look at the uh, the other side of it. But I just think, uh, I just think that yeah, it is unfortunately a disaster situation, and it's what's especially painful, I assume, for Rams fans. In the preseason, everyone was going on about how he had this crazy chemistry with Matthew Stafford, how he was looking like one of the standout performers in in uh, in preseason training camp, and it just never ever materialized into anything. And we're now looking at the Rams. Uh, who are going to be one of probably the worst team ever to defend a Super Bowl. And uh, as a 49er fan, I'm absolutely loving it. I think it's magic. Um, and on that very happy note, unless one of you, unless unless either of you have got something else to add about uh, piling on the misery to Alan Robinson, on that happy note, we'll leave it there and move on. Silence, good. Right, we're going to move on to. This is the Vent Zone. You're listening to the NFL Vent Zone podcast presented by Sport Tank. You're looking at three people who will write content for Sport Tank. Sport Tank, um, the website should be on the screen, but it's not. Producer Cash, could you help me out? <laughs> Sorry to air the dirty laundry. Uh, but yeah, if you visit the Sport Tank website, um, you will see uh, blogs and articles from myself, Tebs, and Dan, uh, all about the NFL and Britball as well. If you are you know, lean more towards the British side of the American football game. Um, so, yeah, do go check it out. And uh, in order to get your vent on the podcast, because we do want your vents on the podcast, just like we spoke about the one with Alan Robinson from one of Dan's teammates, please do send them in NFLventzone at gmail.com.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Fantastic. Um, right, we're going to move on to someone who is very topical at the moment. Um, I believe we have a yeah, we have a, a message to put up. This is, we're looking at Zach Wilson now. Um, yeah, a message got sent in earlier. Now I'm wary of piling in on poor Zach Wilson because he's had quite a bad couple of days. Uh, today he has officially been benched. For Mike White so when we prepared the content uh, this was this was this was not the case um but he's coming off a proper very very bad performance um one that I would like to say is a term that we use on the event zone it was a bit of a shit off Zach Wilson nine of 22 passing for 77 yards and he missed a lot of simple passes. The defence produ- produced a fantastic performance, only giving up three points. Um, and uh, the offence could not reward them uh, with, uh, with a win.
0: As an offence, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defence only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do
1: you feel like you let the defence down at all? No. No. Again, shocking, Dan, you're there shaking your head. And now you're a coach. You're, you're, you're a coach for the, uh, for the Blitz. If uh, obviously I'm assuming your players don't get interviewed in quite the same uh, scrutiny that Zach Wilson does, but if uh, one of your players if you, if the leader of your team puts up a performance like that where he so clearly lets the team down and then shows no accountability, leaving the t- the rest of the team who have like performed to the best of their ability and in, the, in the defensive side in particular, uh, you wouldn't be very happy, would you?
0: Speaking as a defensive coach. I never want the offense to hold their hands up and go, yeah, guys, look, we let you down. Because everyone has a bad day, right? And that's not, you don't want to play the blame game. But as an NFL quarterback, that question in a press conference isn't a question. It's an opportunity for you yeah. to hold your hand up and be like, sorry, guys, that was on me. I've got to be better. Like, it's, it's easy. They put it on a tee for you. Just go and do what every other quarterback in the league will do and say, it was my fault. It doesn't matter. Like, whether you say it was my fault and we let you down or not, doesn't make the coaches more likely to bench you. The coaches will bench you or not based on how you played, but the players will respect you more or less based on what you say to the media. And that is a really, really easy one for a QB to just be like, I know how to answer this question no matter what I think. I'm going to say we let the defense down today. Because that's what's expected to happen, and so for him to say that just shows me that he he isn't mature and he doesn't understand his role within the team right now.
1: Yeah, Tebbs, over to you, mate.
2: Yeah, I don't think this is the end for um, Zach Wilson by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it's the, like the end for him. You know, it's like at the end of the day, he's he is still he is still a young guy. You know, he's not like he's. Um, completely sh- it's not like it's a standard jet season where they've just sort of shit it all um all season long like they've had more success this year than they've had since I've been watching. Do you know what I mean? So thanks to the like, defense mainly mainly though. Well that, you know, that's yeah. it. But at the end, at the end of the day, day like points still get put on the board the Jets still win big games. They just didn't this week um, I do agree that like it is just a thing of maturity within Zach Wilson, but it's something that he'll learn. Uh the problem that you've now got is is Mike White gonna do Mike White things like he did in his start uh, where he just throws for 400 yards and just dominates for one week and then goes back into relative obscurity again. Um <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know, I'm not I'm not a fan of the benching of uh, Zach Wilson personally.
1: Okay. Well, obviously it's, it's it's tough because the two, the, the two losses that he's gone five and two as a starter this year. And the two losses have both come against the uh, Patriots who are a very good defense. And also they have a very famous track record of confusing jets quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, particularly rookies will struggle against Bill Belichick. I mean, can you blame them, but they average 2.1 yards a play against the uh, Patriots. Now for comparison, Let's go to another shit off, which we're going to talk about later. The Raiders and the Broncos, two of the worst offenses in the league, two of the worst teams in the league, I should say. They managed to average six point six and five point two yards. Now that makes the two point one for the Jets look even worse. Uh, even in this game, where the Patriots also only scored three points on offense, uh, they averaged five yards, five yards a play average. Um, so yeah, only two point one from the Jets and Zach Wilson. Dan, can you understand why they benched him? And do you think, I don't know anything about Mike White, I don't know about you, um, but if he produces 400 yards, that'll be good because I've got Garrett Wilson on my fantasy team.
0: I can understand why they've done it. I think it's wrong. He's beaten the uh, Bills. He's beaten the Steelers. like He's beaten some good defences. So I don't think they have a right to bench him. I think they've done it to try and protect him.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that makes sense. I also wondered because also I noticed that he's not even going to suit up this week. He's uh, Flacco staying as the backup quarterback. So he's not even, he's not even going to be on the sideline this week in uniform. So I wondered if it was some kind of a lesson to him kind of teaching him to be accountable and and be a leader. And then maybe next week we'll see him back in the uh, second position and the second role. Uh, Right. We're moving on. That's enough on Zach Wilson. I think everyone should take it easy on Zach Wilson because it could. What 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 a bad week for him. <laughs> um, right, we're going to revisit a couple of teams who uh, who we revisit every single week because they're now getting their own segment. We last week we we uh, gave them lifetime memberships. Broncos and the Raiders. Another shit off that happened this week. Bring up the image. Bring up the image if you can, Tebs, when you when you find it. Um, the two teams that we put into the lifetime membership, right? <laughs> uh, for those that are watching, well, for those that are listening, I'll just explain. We're seeing two trash cans with uh, the Broncos and the Raiders uh, logos on them. Uh, but yeah, the two teams that we've uh, given lifetime membership to, they faced off this week. Um, quite interesting. There was actually some. There was actually a few things to be excited about. I mean, Devontae Adams, shock and ho- shock horror is an incredible football player. Uh, Josh Jacobs continues. He, he he got back onto his uh, his dominant streak again this week. He looked really, really good. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson even looked good in the first half. But yeah, it was... Uh, nevertheless, it still was a bad game. Dan, I'm going to go back to you because I know you have so many thoughts about Russell Wilson uh, as, the next, as the next Seahawks fan. So why don't you kick us off this, on this segment?
0: Okay. Russell Wilson was not good in this game. The... The Broncos' offense is not good. The Raiders' defense is just worse. For some inexplicable reason, the Raiders went, this guy's really struggling with reads, really missing open receivers, and can't make a pass. So we're going to blitz him and leave receivers one-on-one with big cushions where they're up against safeties, and it's blindingly obvious where he needs to go with the ball. When they stopped doing that in the second half, he looked terrible again because this man cannot read coverage at the moment and is missing wide open receivers. So let's not fool ourselves into thinking that Russell Wilson's suddenly great again. He isn't. The Raiders were just terrible in their game plan. And that comes down to Josh Daniel, who, once again, is showing us that he's not an NFL head coach, unfortunately. But they got the win. But they got the win. <laughs> this, and he even said it in his press conference, I think it was before the game. He said, well, one of us has to win this game. It was, like no. a hack. it was like, one of us has to win this game.
2: Oh, fine.
0: Someone has to win the game. And just, they did. Just Do you know
2: who didn't win? The fans.
0: <laughs> it was a terrible game to watch.
1: It really was. Anybody with Devonte Adams on their fantasy team probably won. Me. And producer Cash had him as well. Do you two just have the same team? Uh, Tevs, any thoughts before we move on to uh, my brag?
2: Yeah, luckily it was another one of those games where... Obviously, Dolphins weren't playing this week, so I took a look around the NFL and I said, what is the shittest game going? What is the worst game going? And I looked at Broncos Raiders and I said, oh, we've got a corker on our hands. <laughs> we have got a corker on our hands. And the one thing I've taken away from it is the lasting legacy of Russell Wilson this season will be him sad coming off the field when the Broncos punting unit has to go on. That is the last in legacy because I completely agree that this is now no longer. Maybe Russ is just. Maybe Russ, you just let, need to let Russ cook. They're not letting Russ cook. No, no, no. Russ is cooking, but he's he's cooking some little chef nonsense. That's what he's doing. He's cooking some right, right, terrible stuff. He's not doing well. He's cooking. You know, what he's cooking. He's cooking petrol side sandwiches that give you diarrhea on the way to the game, and then when someone hits you, you you know. It just explodes everywhere, and you're you're hoping it's a mud field so it blends in. But you're wearing white lowers. It's
1: I have to just come in here. This is just such a specific example that I feel like it's it has happened to you, hasn't it? This is huh? coming from personal experience, isn't it? This this, huh? uh, this uh... Right.
2: you're breaking up, mate. I can't hear. Um, but yeah, the, Russell Wilson, as far as I'm concerned, it's now reached a point where he's not good, and. But due to, due to his age and due to his experience, I don't know if he will ever be good. Now, I'm willing to put that on the table. Um, the Broncos, I said this, episode one, even before this show was even a thought in the mind of Ollie and Cash, Russell Wilson is going to suck this year, and the Broncos paid too much. And I wish, I wish, I wish, i put, I put a bet on. I saw it at the start of the season. Russell Wilson under his passing yards average for the entire year, and I wish I took it because... He, that game was dreadful and it cemented in my mind that Russell Wilson is cooked. The cook afraid, has been cooked.
1: I'm afraid that we can't we can't give you credit for being an oracle on Russell Wilson without proof. You didn't place that bet. There is no evidence. I'm sorry, that. but it's so it. good, <laughs> wouldn't it? All <laughs> uh, right. Let's that is enough on the Raiders and Broncos. Raiders and Broncos, your homework is to win a game. I don't want to... Well, I guess the Raiders did win. But but we do not want to talk about you again. And I'm afraid we don't have a choice. If you do bad, we're going to have to just keep bringing it up. Even if it means we lose listeners, even if people unsubscribe because we keep talking about the Raiders and the Broncos, we're going to carry on doing it. Because this is the vent zone and we need to vent. Um, But I'm going to change the tone a little bit. I'm going to get it a little bit happier. Because it's my turn it's my turn to uh, say what I want to say and what I want to say is boy did the 49ers look good get that sexy pickup on the uh, on the picture on the uh, screen please let's show everybody that's watching bang bang Niner gang that's all I'll say there's Brandon Ayuk doing is m- doing his dance in Mexico um it was a quality performance and it was quite a reassuring performance as well because it came after a week where we probably didn't we didn't score as many points as we wanted against the Chargers last week now we wanted to score a lot of points against the Chargers do you know why because we got Christian McCaffrey and our offense now everyone's talking about being the most loaded offense in the whole league but ever since McCaffrey joined it didn't quite come together yes we dominated the Rams but we always dominate the Rams and this was the first time where it really came together and it was a beautiful sight to see we've got a lot of weapons on this team and Credit to Carl Shanahan, who I've criticised earlier in in the series, early in the season. He did a very good job this week. Four touchdowns for Jimmy G. Again, kudos to him because he's another person I've criticised. 100 yards for Christian McCaffrey. That's all-purpose yards. 84 yards and a touchdown for Kittle. 94 total yards and a touchdown for Debo Samuel. And then Brandon Ayuk. He only had two catches. Not a problem two touchdowns now he's turning into an incredibly good red zone weapon because his route route running his route running is absolutely stellar go and watch his uh, go and watch his uh, touchdown Uh, he absolutely his first touchdown he absolutely left the uh, Cardinals DB in for dust right the balance between Mitchell and McCaffrey again that's something that I was a little bit confused by a couple of episodes ago but I've I've got to admit it's working to a T. He's preserving the players brilliantly. They're kind of splitting the load. Everyone thought, you know, McCaffrey's going to come in. We're just going to give him the ball and he's just going to run and run and run and catch and he's just never going to stop. But no, Mitchell is a good runner and we're using him. He was our leading rusher on the day. He had more rushes than McCaffrey. I think it's brilliant. Tebs, tell me that the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl beating your Dolphins.
2: Don't get it in your head that the 49ers are anything other than shit. Pure shit and you can have this false confidence because you've got uh mccaffrey and iuk's becoming good no you're still shit you are still wank wanky yeah i can guarantee that the seahawks will make the playoffs in a better seeding than you pizza bet card cardinal cardinal yeah, card- oh, <laughs> we're doing this another pizza fine. bet. <laughs> fine cardinals Cardinals, wank, wank. They are bad. They are, again, it's another one of these sneakily bad squads. Kyler Murray has been off since Warzone came out. Big fucking surprise. <laughs> we saw that one coming. The LA Rams sold, apparently, everyone on that team sold their soul and their health and their football ability to get a ring. Right? you've got the sea. you've got the seahawks who have somehow managed to conjure up Geno Smith into being good uh, despite trading away most of their good t- most of their good talent obviously not with Russell Wilson because he's now shagged it you're not good you look it's like honestly it's like what you've done there is some someone has came along and slapped a full face of makeup on the 49ers and went look at how nice it is but when you take it when you when you take the 49ers home when you take them, when you open the door and that door says playoffs you're going to open that door the makeup will fall off and you'll be left with a disgusting runt of a team
1: okay Dan all right that's enough tevs I'm not happy with that Dan I'm coming to the wrong person here because you're a Seahawks fan so you're not exactly the person I want to rely on to tell me that I'm right and TEBS is wrong but we 49ers super bowl bound what do you think Seahawks fan uh defense is
0: good offense is trash
1: the defence is good. Yeah, I wanted to talk about them as well. I'll, I've got a few things well, to say about them, but Dan, you go first. Okay,
0: you scored lots of points. Good for you. The Cardinals suck. They have the second worst defence in the league. They're giving up 27 points a game. They've given up the most points
1: all season. They are bad. They didn't even try and tackle Kittle on the last touchdown. They just all you were see like that.
0: that? Like, yeah. The safety was literally like, nah, it's all right. I'll look after myself and not hit him. What are yeah. we doing? But no, you are six and four. We're six and four. We've scored more points than you. you played the Rams twice. you That's two wins for you every season. You've beaten up a bad Cardinals team, playing Colt McCoy, by the way. Again, not exactly. Exactly,
2: exactly. And
0: you've got the Bucks to come. You've got us to come where you're going to lose, even though you beat us all the time. Um, you've got, uh, I think you've got the Raiders. That's probably a win. Mm. Uh, who else have you got? on, I've got your schedule here. You've got the Saints this weekend. Tough game. If you put 35 on them, I will admit that you have a good offence. Then you've got the <laughs> Dolphins. Gonna do that. You're going to get smashed well, by the Dolphins, Absolutely. You're gonna get smashed fuck. by the Bucks. smashed by the Seahawks, smashed by the Commanders. You will beat the Raiders, give you some flowers for that one, and then you'll beat the Cardinals the last game of the season. Sma- so you're going to get two more wins
1: smashed by commanders i can't take either of you seriously at all let's oh, go- mate, I mean, oh, what's, this, what's this ollie
2: what's this ollie? are you doubting the commanders again what did i say let's get this out of the way because this was going to be one for next week but Chris, honestly cash no, cash no no because he's can not you, pro- can you, can you he's not them? no because he's not producer today i am we're going to talk about this what did i say a few weeks ago Taylor Heineke will replace Carson Wentz as the starter for the Commanders. What has happened? Precisely that. Taylor Heineke is the boy, and you will never, ever forget it. After this season, you will get it tattooed on your brain. Taylor Heineke is the boy. He is the truth. He is the unit, right? Okay. Honestly, okay. Washington to win the Super Bowl. There you go.
1: Well all right this is definitely the point where we need our producer to step in and mute these boys because they're talking rubbish. Uh, before we move on because we do need to move on we've spoken too much about the 49ers. We spoke I spoke a lot about the offense, worth noting the defense. They haven't given up a point in the second half in the last 3 games. They have outscored the Rams, Chargers and Cardinals 54 to nothing in the fourth quarter in the last 3 games. The defense is elite, the offense is coming together just nicely. We'll see you in the Super Bowl boys. Right. Don't say anything. We're done. That's it. We're done. I don't care if I triggered you. Right. We're gonna move swiftly on to another NFC contender who's also had an offensive explosion this week. I think they scored 40 points, so that they scored more than the 49ers, so that's where they're coming second. Let's how about them cowboys? Right, bring up the image. The cowboys, who who's talking about this? Is it me? Dan, you're talking about this. Hit me.
0: (laughs) When you said another Super Bowl contender from the NFC, what you meant is (laughs) Actually a Super Bowl contender from the NFC. But the Cowboys are a real football team. Like, they're good at football. Um, And it's built on, hit me out, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard Pollard is one of the best running backs in the game right now. Now, I like the fact they're protecting him by using Zeke on the goal line. But listen to this. Pollard's had 118 rushes this year for 701 yards. Zeke's had 124 rushes, so pretty much the same number, for 480 yards. Like, that's a ridiculous difference of two yards per rush difference. So it is being built on Tony Pollard right now. But the Cowboys are a complete team. They're seventh in scoring offense, they're first in scoring defense, and they had to play Cooper Rush for four games. And they're still the seventh highest scoring offense in the league. And Ted's not like this. They're scoring the same number of points as the high-flying Cowboys. And yet they had Cooper effing in the Rush Dolphin. for four games. Uh, yeah, sorry. The high-flying Dolphins are scoring the same number of points as the Cowboys. And yet the Cowboys had to play Cooper Rush. Yeah,
2: but the Dolphins games. had to play... What do you mean? We had to play Skylar Thompson and... and the four games. Kids, uh, Bridgewater. Four games. They had Cooper yeah, Rush. Yeah, we played them for like three. Which point? Well, two and a half. Two and a half
0: games versus four. And yet, the Dolphins are the best thing since sliced
2: bread on offense. And the Cowboys are not that great. Wrong. Cowboys Do you want to know why songs? that is? Do you want to know why that is, Dan? Because they're the Cowboys. Nobody wants to see the Cowboys win. No one. Not a single person apart from those living in Texas. And the unfortunate souls who've decided that when they were picking the team over in the UK, they went, hmm, yes, Cowboys. I've never met a Cowboys fan that I've went, yep, I definitely would send you a Christmas card. I'll invite you to my wedding. If I t- honestly I once saw a picture of my own father wearing a piece of Dallas Cowboys merch and honestly I I was ready to leave I was ready to denounce him as my own father because of that disgrace before I was even born I he took this this picture was taken and I was so disgusted I threw up I vomited disgusting right nobody was Tony Pollard c- radical cool that's so cool <laughs> that he's good. Dak Prescott is no good. Ezekiel Elliott is just a slogan at this point. Exactly. They do don't get wrong, they are doing well, but nobody wants to see the Cowboys win. No one.
1: No. And like they um <clears throat> they also do they have a bit of a track record of well they they fell short in the playoffs recently. I mean last year beaten by my 49ers. Um but yeah, I mean, it's not just Pollard that they've got that's exciting. CD Lamb, you know, coming into the season, there was questions about whether he could actually take on like, <clears throat> like a true number one role. But the last few weeks alone have proven that. And uh, you know, the def- the defense, as you said, Dan, is is really strong. And they, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, they've got CD Lamb and uh, and Tony Pollard who are just shining. Stars at the moment, and then on the defensive side, they've also got Micah Parsons, who everybody, a lot of people think, could be in there for defensive player of the year. The second best defense, according to Football Football Outsiders DVOA. Um, yeah, I think that. The trajectory is looking very, very good for the Cowboys, which is a bit of a pain because I hate them. I hate Jerry Jones. <laughs> they're a team that... I mean, Jerry Jones still wants to put Zeke as the... He, he, he still thinks Zeke is the best running back there. Or he probably doesn't think no. he's just paid okay. him so much money.
0: He's being clever here because he doesn't want to pay Tony Pollard what they paid Zeke. Zeke's gone True. at the end of the year, but they're keeping Pollard's numbers down so that he doesn't have to pay him eight to $10 million a year. That's what he's doing because Pollard's a free agent after this season. So, Jerry Jones is thinking of his wallet, first and foremost. He's paid Zeke. He doesn't want to pay Pollard.
1: Oh, I would love it if Pollard left. That would be funny.
0: He might. He genuinely might. But the Cowboys are going to get OBJ and they're going to the Super Bowl. Unless yeah, that's the, that, they lose the that's Seahawks the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game.
2: That's the problem. <laughs> is that I believe the report was that OBJ is going to wait until after Thanksgiving to make a decision. So next week, if we're talking about OBJ being a slime ball, you know why?
1: Yeah, I wonder if he'll actually be good though. Like, I know, you know, he's coming off a couple, he's had a couple of knee injuries now. Like, same, same uh,
0: ACL twice.
1: Admittedly, who is that? Their second wide receiver, oh, they got that rookie, I've forgotten his name though. Um, Noah
0: Brown, the Noah Brown.
1: So, the, yeah, he probably would come in and. Well wow, that's that makes to be fair that makes CD Lamb's kind of performances over the last couple of weeks even even more impressive because they've truly got no one else like as a as a defense I, I think Dalton Schultz is decent but like you know not He's exactly injured. explosive so the fact that CD Lamb has exploded the way he has you know that's quite impressive fair play as much as I want to hate them um, it was worth saying a couple of nice things about them I know we need
0: to move on but very briefly you know who they could really do with Amari Cooper. Amari Imagine Cooper, yeah. Amari Cooper, rather than the sixth round pick. Imagine exactly.
1: That. Just, and like you said, Dan, we do need to move on. But I just want to say one thing that I noticed from NFL research. So, because uh, obviously the Cowboys beat the Vikings forty to three this weekend. So the Vikings, who are now what eight and two, I think yeah, eight Ooh. and two, after their thirty-seven point loss to the Cowboys, the Vikings now have a minus two point differential. So they've got a minus differential despite the fact that they are eight and two. That says what kind of season they've had. I think almost all of their wins have been one score wins, which, in fairness, it's a skill to win those games. But yeah, maybe a slightly fraudulent, a good team, but maybe slightly fraudulent. Uh, right. What a, that's a proper
2: Brit Bull stat, that, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yep. All uh, right. Let's not. Sorry to. Uh, let's Let's move it on because we're at 48 minutes now, boys. We need to get out of here. Uh, Tebs. Talk to us about some locks.
2: What specifically? Brands? What are we talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, talk me through me some brands of locks. I want to know everyone's favourite.
2: I don't know any brands of locks. So, yeah, oh, there up. you go. There's a brand of locks. dumb. <laughs> so, last week, we instituted locks of week and a little bit of spicy competition into the Vent Zone for us hosts. Last week, me and Ollie, great minds think alike, we picked the Bengals. In terms of covering, nah. Not great. Dan decided to to chicken out and take the easy option. <laughs> Go for the Eagles. Disgusting. It was a lot more nervous before. than
1: we were.
0: I was crapping myself for a lot of that game. Like it looked bad for me right now, given that my analysis was of course I'm gonna lock this game. It was lockable. I can't believe they were stupid enough to make it less than a seven point spread. I was very, very worried for a long time there.
2: So this week's ones, obviously, we're going to have some more ones. Thankfully, everyone, you'll be happy to know that we've all picked different teams, which is very, very nice. And I'm going to start with Dan with the LA Chargers. Uh, This is mostly based on who they're playing
0: because they've got the woeful Cardinals. And as we've talked about already on the show, the Cardinals are a really bad football team. They have the worst, second worst scoring defence in the league. And having just broken down the Chargers game against the Chiefs the other day, I think the Chargers are going to put up a lot of points in this one. And I don't think the Cardinals can keep up.
1: Yeah, I think any time that you can pick against the Cardinals as we've proven by the 49ers this week it's a good thing to do i mean if you think the 49ers are trash then i'm not surprised you've uh, picked against the cardinals because that clearly tells what you tells what you think about them
0: look if jimmy g can play like that against the cardinals justin herbert's going to tear them up for 400 yards and
1: four touchdowns so true that true that tabs who are you who are you picking this week no we're doing your one next we're doing me next uh, i'm picking the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers, because they're playing Cleveland. They're playing the Browns. Now, obviously, I'm rooting against the Browns every single game, I every single every single week. Deshaun Watson comes back, what, next week against the Texans, so that'll be interesting to watch. But no, this we're looking at this week. They're playing the um, Buccaneers versus Cleveland Browns. We've spoken a lot this in earlier podcasts about how much of an imbalanced offense the uh, Buccaneers have. I think that might be changing now. Um, first of all, Rashad White is clearly a more explosive runner than, um, than old man Leonard Fournette, who makes moving look very, very difficult. Uh, but then not only is Rashad White more explosive than Fournette, the Cleveland defence, on in terms of the way they, they try to stop the run, they don't even try. It is, it is horrendous. So that's going to really help, given that the team have really struggled to, to balance out their offence. So I think that... Again, if you can pick against a team like the Browns, you do it. And especially against Tom Brady, helped out with the uh, poor Cleveland defence. I think that the Buccaneers are a lock to win this week.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Uh, I fully expect the the Bucks to run all over the Browns and their defence is set up to stop the run right now, as I found out last week in Munich. so Or two weeks ago in Munich. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's just not a lock. I they've always
1: had. They, like, they have been... Last year, probably the year before that, they have been known as a team you just can't run against. And, uh, yeah, when when you have the Cleveland Browns as their most their, – their, their plan is uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, and granted, Murray Cooper's been playing well. But, yeah, their plan, they, they revolve around Nick Chubb. And if the Buccaneers can shut him down, which I'm sure they can, uh, I think, yeah, it just helps my case.
0: And also the Bucks are coming off a bye week. So they've had two weeks to get ready for the Browns. True,
1: true. Tabs.
2: And who else is coming off a bye week? Well, it's my pick, which is the Seattle Seahawks. And again, we've sort of, all of us, have picked teams based on their opponent because I certainly have done that as well because the Seahawks, when they're on, they're high flying. And they're facing the Las Vegas Raiders who are probably thinking, oh my God, maybe we're good now because we beat the Denver Broncos. No. No, what's going to happen is you're going to see the difference between a Russell Wilson, who plays for the Broncos, and the Seattle Seahawks without Russell Wilson. Seahawks are coming off a loss; probably not. They're not very happy because it was quite a big game over in Munich. Seahawks all the way, all the way. Raiders still suck. True that.
1: True that. And the, and again, if you look at the running backs, I think the uh, the Seahawks running back Kenneth uh, Walker is going to have some fun. Uh, He's going to have some fun there for sure. Uh, Right. Any thoughts on that game, Dan? I I assume you have a few thoughts on that game.
0: Uh, Yeah. I don't remember why I didn't lock this game, but I really should. And I'm tempted to change my lock, but I won't because someone else already picked it. We're going to smash them. Let's move on.
1: We're all going to smash this week. Brilliant. Right. That'll do us, I think. That'll do us. Thanksgiving games tomorrow. They're going to be a lot of fun. We can watch sociable hour football. Brilliant. Um, Right. Unless you've got anything else to say to our lovely listeners, boys, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next Thursday because it's not Thanksgiving next Thursday. And remember, send your vents to nflventzone at gmail.com. Ciao, adios, goodbye.